You are now tuning in to the Top Shelf Edition, presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company. Northern Superior Brewing Company always brings forward top shelf product and customer satisfaction. Located on 50 Pym Street in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Northern Superior is available for local delivery or provide a friendly yet exciting atmosphere inside its tap room. Follow Northern Superior on Instagram or Facebook. You can also check out their website at northernsuperior.org. At Northern, we're superior. It's a Northern thing. Now how about some hockey chat? Let's get to the crew inside the Gem Studios, bringing you Gem and the Game Sports Show Hockey Edition, Top Shelf. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show. This is your host, David McKaig, the Game Sports Show, powered by Gem, the Game Entertainment and Media. This is our new titled Hockey Edition, Top Shelf presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company. And as I mentioned, Dave McKay, right off the hop. Let's get to the co-host here joining me here tonight for the first official edition of Top Shelf. But this is definitely not our first hockey edition. The one and only Dane Hancho going to you first. Dana, how's it going, pal? Life's good. Hockey's back. Oilers aren't uh, that good, but um, hockey's back uh, regardless. So uh, I, can't, I can't complain. Sports back. Football's been good. You know what? Just just chilling out, watching a lot, a lot of sports. That's that's basically what's been going on. So, uh, yeah, hockey's back, baby. Love that. Hockey is back, and it's in full flight. Now, going to the other co-host joining me here tonight, Justin Heichel. Heichel, my friend, how's it going? Oh, you know, just uh, another day in paradise. Big, uh, big football day on Sunday, and then, uh, well, football, hockey, football day on Sunday, and then led into hockey this week. Uh, it's been fun. It's uh, like Dane said, it's really nice to have hockey back. It is. Now, you know what? Both of you mentioned football. And of course, we've had numerous uploads here on the Game Sports Show this previous Monday with our ESPN 1400 edition. Of course, we've had previous to that. We've had or in the pocket edition. We've had a strike zone edition. We will have a special edition upload this week. As I mentioned, live on ESPN on Monday, I will not be stating any kind of teasers on what show that is until 24 hours prior to that upload. So you just have to keep an eye on our social media pages. Now, if you're not sure what those social media pages are, it's Instagram and Facebook tagged at the Game Sports Show. Make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on posts and, of course, on those accounts to keep in touch with content by the Game Sports Show. And, of course, through gem and also those numerous episodes you can check on our website which is the show.com you can make the game sports show part of your desktop on your mobile device to cl- uh, click and drag the link sorry to your home page on your mobile device and you can access it just at your fingertips to get in touch with all the great episodes that gem and the game sports show bring forward now everyone's going to ask before we jump in and talk about hockey why top shelf well i'll be pretty honest giving it flat out to Justin Heichel is the reason why we're calling this the Top Shelf Edition. And the reason why we want to add a name to the show, of course, is because it's hockey. So everyone is going to ask, what is Top Shelf about? Well, it ain't just because you're going to be getting some Top Shelf liquor, if you will. That's a hint and a stab at Dane Hancho, if you will. Now, Top Shelf is going to be about hockey where we'll discuss local. So hashtag Gem Local, of course, when that is going on. It's Jose Marie, Algoma, Provincially, Michigan. Anything of such in terms of local content. And, of course, we're going to discuss national sports, which is the NHL. And we'll also consider the OHL and all the Canadian leagues and tied to that. And, of course, NCAA, KHL, all sorts of hockey news. That is what's going to be on the show as we continue towards 
our separating of all of our shows together. So you can check all of our episodes on the episodes tab or at the bottom through our website where you can click on the edition specifically, Northern Superior, Sports Center, Bar and Grill, etc., where you can see all of those episodes that we're going to be uploading. Now, Top Shelf, Justin, come on, man. That, that's a pretty obvious statement. What were you thinking when you said Top Shelf? Please give our listeners the knowledge what you were thinking of while you suggested it in our brainstorming group on Facebook. Uh, I'll be completely honest. I was just having coffee in the garage and uh, staring at my liquor shelf. <laughs> and he thought of your liquor shelf being on the top shelf because you wanted to get that drink that's on your top shelf. Preferably, it was probably a Northern Superior growler on that top shelf, right? Uh, I got cans right now, actually. Oh, okay. And that's- they're in they're in the fridge, but I, I've got cans. And you got those cans because they also they do local delivery, free local delivery, right? I've participated in the local delivery, and I've also uh, picked them up at Rome's. There you go. So you can buy them anywhere. If you're tuning in from Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, you can purchase them. And if you're purchasing them from outside of Ontario or anything of such, make arrangements to get a hold of that delicious beer. Now, I want to spend the first five minutes introducing and getting into why Top Shelf, because everyone's going to wonder what the show is. It's the first official show titled Top Shelf, but it ain't our first hockey edition. So speaking of hockey, I want to go to the first topic, guys. That may not have too much back and forth discussion, but I want to bring it forward because stuff that I've heard actually through text messages since our show that aired through ESPN 1400 this past Monday. And there was a topic that I brought up about the Ontario Hockey League as the junior hockey level is preparing to try to get leagues leagues started, get games started. They're talking about if there isn't a season that potentially prospects are going to be rated. Uh, I'll leave Justin to leave the joke about the rating system, but we said off air. Uh, and it, it's actually really interesting because I thought my idea may spark some interest, but it actually sparked a bit more than I thought it would because, and not on both positive and good ways, because I imagine Dane will jump in and state how there's a lot of things behind the scenes. Of course, it isn't just like, let's make an idea and do it. But the idea that I brought forward on that ESPN 1400 edition with Scott Neeson is that you can have a season still despite this lockout. People wonder how. Well, if at the end of February, beginning of March, and quickly say next, I'm not going to jump into as much detail. You have to check out the edition of ESPN to tune into the full detail of it. But I said you could still do a 30 to 40 game season where you have potentially teams in a certain area that play each other or you have the, diff- the conferences play each other still. And when there's a playoffs, you have a shortened playoff, either top, uh, top four from each conference, top six, maybe if you can squeeze that in. But the puck drops in March. Who cares? You can still do a season in March, and you can still run it a couple months and go into June and start the playoffs and have a shortened playoffs where there's five game series instead of seven. And also, they can still be finished the Memorial Cup before the NHL entry draft, which would be key, which gives the prospects time to be able to have not this rating system and also have a time to play this year. Uh, and besides just sitting on their rear ends to skate in their backyards or renting the ice or do anything of such, they're able to play games. So that is what I recommended and brought forward. And as I mentioned, a lot of positive reaction where that should work and could work, especially with the Ontario Hockey League have a bit more restrictions because of lockdown currently going on. Dan, I want to transition over to you as I spent a couple minutes explaining that and giving a little bit more of uh, kind of a broad view of what I was talking about on Monday. I want you to give your comments of what you think maybe could be done in terms of junior hockey realms, in particular with Ontario, as well as if my idea was good or if it was a typical Dave speaking out of his ass. 
Well, I definitely agree with you. Like, obviously, we have to have a kind of a regional division lineman kind of, you know, taking uh, taking out what basically the NHL has implemented um, this year with, like, the Canadian division. Obviously, we have, you know, an issue with having teams in the States, in Michigan, and other surrounding areas that where, you know, the OHL are going to have to come up with a plan as to how to kind of, you know, mitigate the issue of travel. Right. So yeah, Dave, I definitely agree with you. Like, you know what, we all want to see junior hockey again. Um, we have to do it in a safe way. We have to kind of, you know, take what has worked from, you know, other sports league, you know, just even beyond the NHL, you know, whether it's the NBA, NFL, I mean, the NFL has been a little bit loosey goosey with their, you know, policies. I, I feel like as far as, COVID is gone other than finding their coaches $30,000 for not wearing a mask. But, you know, whatever. Well, we'll get beyond that. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it can definitely happen. Um, I, I mean, it, it will be an interesting draft if, uh, you know, we don't have a junior hockey season. So, like, we have a lot of, you know, NCAAs happening right now. We have, you know, um, Canadian players uh, like Dylan Holloway that plays in Wisconsin with players like Cole Caulfield and, you know, and, and these guys, you know, they've already been drafted, but NCAA hockey's playing. People are going to, you know, get recognized for what they're doing there. But if we don't have junior hockey, like that's, that is a huge chunk of, of, of players in the CHL or the Canadian hockey league that, that, you know, may or may not be playing. Right. And, and, you know, the longer that we wait, the smaller the sample size, but yeah, I agree with you. I feel like, you know, if they're going to do it, they're definitely going to have to play, you know, into the summer. Like you can't, you, you gotta, you, you gotta have a, a long enough season to like be worth it. Like they got to play at least, I mean, I, I would say for, at least a 40 game season for it to really be worth it. Right. But like, obviously another thing is, you know, a lot of the revenue comes from selling tickets in the OHL, right? Like it's not the NHL. Like they, 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 they don't, they don't get, you know, the same amount of revenue, you know, coming from, you know, Jersey sales and, and, and events and stuff like that. Right. So like it, and, and Gary Bettman kind of put in a good sense, like, and it, like you're made a point basically saying that, you know, is the NHL really going to profit right now off of having a season right now? And is no, like they're, they're probably not going to really make any money right now putting hockey on, but like, is, is it going to be worse in the long run, not having an NHL season altogether? Right. So like, that's kind of like the game plan, but like the OHL doesn't have, you know, as much money to kind of play with. So I, I, I like, I don't know what's going to happen with the OHL or, I mean, just the CHL in general. Um, I, I, I mean, these kids, like, you know, the, you want them to play, everybody wants them to play. Obviously we just have to put in a good, you know, set of rules basically to to you know mitigate the the issues with covid and 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 have a safe you know this, just a safe season kind of thing so obviously you know the nhl we've already had a couple problems with the capitals and the covid protocol we've had the florida panthers the dallas stars that have been delayed because of covid and like i mean it's gonna happen right it's gonna happen in the canadian hockey league it's young kids i mean you can only put you know, we we all remember when we were that age, right? So like, it's they're gonna have to have a plan in place on how to like, you know, fool around with the schedule, right? Like, there's gonna be games that are, you know, where teams aren't gonna be able to play because they have, you know, players that have to quarantine and stuff like that. So it, it, it's crazy. I mean, I I feel like you know, if you're the commissioner of the CHL right now, it's just a headache to try to kind of, you know 
go forward with a season right now. Um, there's just so many things, but I feel like, you know, the other sports leagues have, you know, kind of put a decent plan in place. And I, I, I would hope that the CHL kind of models their game plan after that. Sorry, that was a long tangent there, but uh, yeah, that's kind of how I uh, look at the situation. There's never no time. You don't ever have to say sorry. Cause of course the more content we do, that's the greatest thing. Now, Justin, I wanted you to echo basically the topic there with that, as well as, <clears throat> Let's note two more things quick before I even go to you there. The key dates in the NHL season that came out as per TSN, they released on December the 20th of 2020. They said the NHL entry draft is planned to be July 23rd, 24th. So, of course, you would need this OHL or CHL kind of Memorial Cup in the season to be completed prior to that, which I think is doable if they can drop the puck by March. Of course, if lockouts extend past March, that is where issues come into far greater extents, where if you're extending into March and then you if you go into April and you're looking at a different timeline, that is where the issues are going to really arise because then you get into a tighter time frame. But I feel like if you start it by March, you're in good shape, right? By the entry draft. Now, my second point to that is the Memorial Cup, Justin. Now, it's been between Oshawa and the Hounds. Or should I say the Hounds? I should change that. I should say the Sault Ste. Marie should have been and would be maybe a host of the Memorial Cup this year. Of course, I don't know if they would have been. I think Oshawa would have been a favorite if you wouldn't if COVID wouldn't have been around, realistically speaking. But now, the Sault Ste. Marie and the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds might have the ability to host the Memorial Cup because of where the location is of Sault Ste. Marie. Either, even though our breakout, we've had a bad issue the past little bit, of course, throughout the holidays, but usually we're in a green zone and we're contained better than Southern Ontario is. So, of course, this is where it'd be get interesting for the city of Sault Ste. Marie if they host, they try to get the economy back in terms of local business revenue. But going over to you about the OHL, your thoughts on the CHL topic that we discussed, and those key dates that I brought forward, and maybe Sault Ste. Marie hosting a Memorial Cup. Well, call me crazy here. I think I've said this a couple times lately. The um, How about like an OHL, or not OHL, like CHL, like March Madness? So every league, you just have, like, a tourney. So teams would play each other. You'd have your, like, say, five games against each other and a bracket. If you lose, you're out. Move on. That's yeah. going to take up the better part of two months. By the time you, you run it, you run that down. You then think about it. The league's not going to be able to generate revenue by getting fans in the stands, but something crazy like that is going to get people watching on TV. Yeah. And sports networks got a whole shitload of space that they want to put sports on, on, uh, you know, send Sportsnet, ESPN, everyone has, well, maybe not as much as ESPN and the American side, but the Canadian side of content, there's availability. Like, don't get me wrong, I like the movie Happy Gilmore, but the fact that it's on Sportsnet on three channels three nights a week is getting old. <laughs> I, I, I definitely like your idea, that, Justin. I think like that would definitely work, like as far as like the Memorial Cup goes, but like have more teams involved, right? Like maybe maybe have four teams from the Q, four teams from the O, four teams from the West, and then like at least you're kind of mitigating like the time spent in a certain area. And then if you do a bracket, like what would we need? We would need 16 teams, right? So, like, maybe the OHL has, you know, a fifth team as far, you know, the Greyhounds got to be the host city. But, yeah, I definitely like that, right? You got to you gotta make it exciting, you know. Like, yeah, I figured, like, you play. I, I you love play. that idea. I'm obsessed with that idea, actually. I love that. I love that. 
play down a little bit within the OHL and the Q plays itself down and then, you know, WHL plays it. And then you kind of just, you re rearrange them, so to say. Like you're, you're, I love that idea. I love like that mad, like March madness kind of bracket between like, and that just gives some other teams a little bit of a chance. I mean, it's a weird year, right? Like, I mean, it's like the NHL, they, Instead of the 16 teams, there is, you know, the 20, 22 teams that made the playoffs this year. I can't, I can't remember, yeah. but yeah. So, switch it up. Well, like, yeah, you do something interesting. Like, you got to find a way right now to repackage a product and get it to the people that want it. I mean, that's been, if anybody's learned anything in the last 18 months, it's been, you know, how to survive during all this. OHL fans want hockey. You know, people want to watch these players play to be able to evaluate their talents and see what they have going on. What better way to figure out what some of these kids have than putting them in a playoff environment right from the get-go? I mean, oh, some okay. of them, it's 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 not going to go great. I, I'm it, there's this plan isn't without flaws, that's for sure. But I mean, I think more kids would benefit from that than would falter. I, I, I think the season, regardless, is going to go with all flaws. Like, like I, I mean, you gotta, you, you might as well go all in on a concept like, like this, right? Like, I think if you try to normalize the season in the sense where you're, you're, you're going to try to have like maybe not an asterisk that's going to be connected to, you know, the championship, right? Like, is, is, is Tampa going to always kind of have an asterisk? Like, I, I, I personally don't think so. I feel like that was a pretty hard. Stanley Cup to win, everybody wasn't like gone for five months, like blah 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 blah. But like, so it, it's kind of the point I go to, like with like the CHL. It's like you know what, like maybe the season's never going to be normal, right? Like, don't try to normalize it that much. Maybe like like you're saying, Justin, like let's get a little crazy with it. Like let's let's do like let's do like a like a, a bracket like that. Like let's get a little creative. Right. This is like the only opportunity you're really ever going to have to get a little bit creative with your sports league right now. Right. Like, like, I mean, it's like the NHL and the Canadian division. Right. It's you you had the chance to do it. So why not? You know, people are going to love it. For sure. Like, just let it happen. How many how many how many American teams are in the OHL? Like what they I don't know if there's enough that like we have Erie. Saginaw, Flint, 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 so three. Sorry, is it just the is it just the three? Yeah, it's just the three. So yeah, like, but you can you can host them eight. somewhere. They're gonna have to go somewhere else, right? You're gonna have to think of, um, you're gonna have to think maybe Brampton gets another team back because obviously North Bay. You, you gotta. Well, well, listen to this. How about like we take a couple teams from either Quebec or the Western Hockey League. And whatever is geographically makes sense, maybe, I mean, it would be so, sh- like, shitty for a team from Manitoba to have to travel, like, Sault Ste. Marie being the next closest team, right? And they're not flying. So, like, no. it would would have to be, like, a couple teams from, like, the Q. And, like, I don't know, is there any, is there any American Q? Like, I, like my, my, I, I think there my is. knowledge on that subject isn't, isn't overly great. I know there's a bunch of, like, there's a, a couple teams in the West that have American teams, like Spokane and, and yeah. and like that. I don't know about the Q, though, but I feel like if they can make it work in a sense where you could kind of line up, like, two different leagues and have, like, five American teams and they would just jump over and then, like, you know, a couple Canadian teams would jump over kind of thing. 
See that that that's so interesting. I'm wondering if you would even consider if it would come to a point of if you'd consider doing like a uh, those teams that are based in states if they would just go to a placement in a city in Ontario, do the two week quarantine, then they'd have to go into a city that is available that has an available rink, of course, to play, and that'd be sh- shitty for them. Or if like you said, get creative. Fuck it, let's take those players, do a fantasy draft, and each. Oh, I was just gonna say. To fucking pick them. Say that, Dave. All the American teams do a fantasy draft. Oh, that's amazing. Fucking throw them in there. Do a fantasy draft. Do a lottery. Make it funny. Make it a TV thing where you get the lottery. Oh, the Hounds get the first pick. They get to pick someone from wherever the hell they want. From Saginaw, if they want to pick someone up from Flint, they want to pick up whoever the hell they want to pick up. They can do it, right? That you can make it. If there those rules are in place where they can't travel, of course they can travel. You try to accommodate the team because you want to represent the team that you play for, typically. But again, it's a unique year where if that isn't allowed, but you want to get a season going, you got to say, okay, guys. Do you want to play? And if those teams from Flint or players from Flint Saginaw don't want to play in the year because that it's a different team, then that's their own fault. They lose out on the year. You can, like you guys said, you guys hit the nail on the head, which is a good way to bring this up as well. You guys get to touch. You touched on doing a bracket, making it interesting. Where my route was maybe more of a boring route, but like you can get creative where you can still have a 30 to 40 game season where you implement the idea I brought forward of the season. You implement a bracket type strategy. And then what you do about the other teams, you either do a fantasy draft or hopefully you can work out that they're in the league. If not, like I said, a fantasy draft. Now you got three different ideas combined into one that can make this season so much more interesting if they're able to get it going. But the first thing comes first. It's that everyone stays safe, follow the fucking rules, put your mask on, do whatever we have to do to get back to normality. Okay, that is the biggest thing. All right, that, that is the first step, but we're talking hypotheticals here. I want you to let us know, myself, Dane, Justin, the whole crew with Gem and the Game Sports Show, what you think of our ideas. Put your ideas in. Submit them. Email, text me, reach out to us on Facebook if you know us personally, or just flat out go on our website and reach out to us, whatever it may be, and let us know what you think. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break here on Top Shelf, presented by Norton Superior Brewing Company. We're going to give some love to our sponsors. And when we come back, myself, Dean, and Justin will jump into our roundtable discussion. Don't go anywhere. The Game Sports Show, powered by Jim, would love to give a belly rub to Northern Critters in Need. Northern Critters in Need is an animal foster and adoption agency located in Ignis, Ontario, with connecting stations within Thunder Bay and Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. NCIN can be found on Facebook and Instagram at Northern Critters in Need, with a mission to rescue lost, abandoned, and abused and unwanted pets. With a name to find forever homes for these animals, doesn't matter where you're located. If you're looking to bring a new fur baby into your life, NCIN, the reach of our rescue goes far beyond our township. Hi, it's Rob Shrimp from 44 Vision Hockey. 44 Vision Hockey is an online coaching platform for both boys and girls. The 44 Vision platform is a 360-degree immersive training model designed to help players achieve their goals. You can learn from the coaches who have all achieved from the highest levels in the game, all the way from NHL on the men's side to Olympic team members on the women's side. Check out our website at 44visionhockey.com. You are listening to the Game Sports Show, powered by GEM, the game entertainment and media. We want to tip our hats to Compass Imaging and Demansky Office Interiors, two great businesses in one great location. From overall graphics to full office needs, Compass and Demansky has it all in one stop. Make sure you check them out on Facebook and on Instagram. Hi, this is Paul Maurice from the Winnipeg Jets, and you're listening to the Game Sports Show. Welcome back to the Game Sports Show. David McKay continued to be joined by Dane Hantro and Justin Heiko, continuing our top shelf edition presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company. We're going to go around the table here with multiple topics, I am sure of it, but for sure myself, Dane, and Justin will be bringing a topic each to the table, and we're going to be expanding discussion on that in terms of what we feel is a hot topic 
or a top shelf topic, if you will, in the world of hockey today. Now, going to the first topic, we're going to transition over here to Dane. Dane, what is on your mind to bring forward on this first part of the roundtable in the second part of this top shelf edition here tonight? We, we can go uh, talk a little bit about the uh, the big trade in the NHL right now. Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois for Patrick Liney. Um, I think a trade that everybody's seen coming, you know, probably five days ago. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it's one of those ones you kind of see in the rumor mill online and and it kind of came true. Um, I think it's, uh, I mean, I think it's probably a good trade for both teams. I think it definitely benefits the Winnipeg Jets. I think they got a little, they get an extra year with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Apparently his dad coaches um, in the Western Conference or in the in the WHL. Um, I cannot remember for what team, but uh, so yeah, I, I feel like he probably feels a little bit more uh, at home, maybe a little bit bigger stage playing in Canada than Columbus. I mean, poor Blue Jackets, like they just lose all these guys. But uh, and then Patrick Liney, a guy that was like kind of in the media a little bit, you know, last year about maybe wanting a trade. And then that kind of died down. And then out of nowhere, he got traded. and He was surprised. And I'm surprised that he was surprised. So, yeah, I don't know. What's your thoughts on that, boys? Justin, I'll go to you first. As I mentioned, that um, we're going to have a topic that we're going to bring forward here every, uh, for each first. Dane's first. Justin, you reply. I'll go. Then we'll go to Justin. We'll be bring forward this next topic. So, Justin, your take on Patrick Liney and Patrick Dubois. And Patrick Dubois. Wow. Pierre Luc Dubois. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> whoa. I, 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 a couple of P's in there. Boys. I mean, yeah. It's uh, it's you knew it was gonna happen. You like you knew Duval was gonna go somewhere. I didn't necessarily think that it was gonna be to the Winnipeg Jets for Line. Like the way Line had played his last game for the Jets, like he kind of been solid. Like he was going for the Gordy Howe hat track in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Like that's like I don't know. I don't know many guys that play a game like that and then get you know think they're gonna get traded. So. Uh, it, it caught me off guard a little bit. I mean, Dane and I talked a bit about this one on the weekend, and I think we both have uh, varying opinions. I I think when you look at this trade 10 years down the road, I definitely think the Winnipeg Jets are going to come out on top. People may call me crazy, but I just think Winnipeg's got a better supporting cast for Dubois than Columbus has for Patrick Liney. I think Columbus has the spotlight Patrick Liney is looking for because Winnipeg, like, the star of the Winnipeg Jets is the Winnipeg Jets. It's not, like, one individual player. And Line A didn't really uh, didn't fit that mold, I don't think. Uh, like, so, like, Line A was never, like, if you're a Winnipeg fan, you're, like, Wheeler, Shifley, even, like, Connors, like, and then maybe Patrick Line A, like, you're... And then even, like, like Josh Morrissey, if you really want to go down the line of who you would rank as, like, you know, uh-huh. your most important Winnipeg Jets. Like, I don't think Liney really felt like, and, and I don't feel like maybe, I, I like, and I can't speak for, the, you know, the Winnipeg Jets fans, but I, I, if you if I'm going to rank players on the Jets, yeah, I feel like Liney is, you know, a little bit down the ladder a little bit. See, Connor Hellebuck is a guy who comes to mind when I think of the Jets a lot. Like Vesna, you know, there, there's a guy overall that the defensive core and we were talking about this last year while we were sitting inside the top room when there was normality inside Northern Superior was that the, the Jets defense, right? There's their 
a group of misfit guys, I think is what Justin said, that were just put together, but they're working and there's now guys that have come out, right? Morrissey has been a known prospect, of course, but Pionk, right? There's there guys and Logan Stanley is getting a chance to play. I've always been a big fan of Logan Stanley, big guy, you know, can fill the void in, in Winnipeg. So they're, 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 they've went through going through that, going through, sorry, going through that defensive kind of issue right now, but the upfront, they've had the talent. Dane, you touched on all the guys that are a part of that team. Now you got center depth there, right? Chef uh, Shifley, you got Dubois, you got Stassi, you got a crew, you got Adam, you got Lowry, who I think is a, a really good fourth line center who should be a third line center. You got a team that is very interestingly put together because you got, now you bring in Dubois and they're saying, well, they're, they're, they're weak. Their wings are a bit weaker now. Now nah, their wings, are still got some strength there with Ehlers, with Connor, with Wheeler. Uh, they they got Perot who plays in the bottom six. They got a good nucleus amount of guys. And don't forget, they got someone named Cole Perfetti coming up who can play center and wing. The the Winnipeg Jets long term will look like that they've won this trade because of the success that they'll have as an organization and with Dubois having that cast. But what I'm interested, Justin, in most is how Columbus brings us full, right? I think Patrick Line will not stay in Columbus. I, I really feel like a, a future deal may be done here that we're not done to see. Now, maybe it works out where Liney signs a four- or five-year deal, but after that is done, I feel like Liney would go the free agency route and try to sign somewhere else. And I feel like Dubois, unless it's Montreal coming to knock on his door down the road when he hits UFA, I think he'll stay in Winnipeg if he wants to be within that Canadian market. So, of course, the Jets, I feel, will win this trade because of the team's success, but I'm interested to see what Columbus can do here. If, if Liney goes into Columbus and absolutely lights the fucking lamp. If he goes bar south and top shelf, if you will, I should say, and if he swings his stick and does a little celebration that he has in NHL 21 all the time and he's just lighting the lamp and basically breaking red light bulbs and getting back to what it used to be, Columbus can make this very interesting type transaction where they can move up in a future draft has a stack draft coming up. So moving trade players, they can do things, but if they're going to keep Lion A, I hope they bring in somebody who is better than a Max Domi upgrade, sorry to be honest, or a Jack Roslovic, okay? A lot of potential with Jack Roslovic, who's set to make his debut, but he, in my opinion, I see Jack Roslovic as your third-line center, a prototypical third-line center, okay? Line A needs that number one guy, and that number one guy, you know, there was Shifley, there was guys that he was able to play with, potentially for Stastny or, or whoever he was playing with at Winnipeg at a point in time. I feel like if you're able to get him a number one center in Columbus, that's where he'll thrive and that's where Columbus will win the trade if they can bring him a supporting cast. I'm torn. I was surprised it was Columbus, to be honest, but I'm not surprised that they asked for Line A in the trade. This Line A bullshit's been going on for a year. Heck, the Winnipeg Jets offered Line A to the Philadelphia Flyers for Ivan Provenoff, apparently it was a trade, and the and the Flyers said no because of his contract, five years, six point four something of such million dollars a season. All right, now I think that the best trade that wasn't made, best trade that the Philadelphia Flyers did was not making a trade. All right, that type of deal. I think Ivan Provorov's the number one center, or number one defenseman guy. He's going to be a cornerstone of that defensive core in Philadelphia going forward. But sticking with the trade that we're discussing quickly, before going back to you, Dane to top off your topic is that I think at the end of the day, Winnipeg may win this as a franchise success, but I actually think Columbus might come on top of this because what the potential they can do with line A either resigning or trading them down the road. Oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree with a lot of things that you said. I, I like, I, I would disagree on the, on the long term kind of thing. I, I, 
which I mean, we agree and disagree with. I, I think it's more likely that um, Dubois is going to re-sign with Winnipeg. Um, I think Winnipeg is going to have a little bit more, you know, cat. Well, I mean, not definitely not more, you know, cat room that that Columbus will have. But I think they're going to look at like we have Mark Shifley, who I think is the ultimate hockey player like that guy eats sleeps breathes hockey loves hockey like i'm a huge mark shifley fan and i think if you can have you know for the next you know five years you can sign dubois to a big contract i think winnipeg's gonna look good down the middle for the next couple years i I mean nick ehlers you gotta look at how he's kind of been progressing the last few years had a solid season last year playing outstanding the start this season this year i got him on my fantasy um unreal mm-hmm. uh, so yeah like I, I i mean i've never been a big patrick Lanny guy i've always thought he's been one-dimensional um i think he's definitely showing flashes in the last season he can be a little bit more than that he can be a little bit more of a playmaker um so yeah like i mean at columbus is an interesting team right like on paper we look at them year to year and you know what Maybe they're not the best on paper, but they play as a team. They've made the playoffs. They've, you know, gone on, you know, I mean, they, they didn't have the success that they had last year that they did two years ago, you know, when they beat Tampa and, you know, almost took, you know, Boston the game seven in the uh, divisional round there. But, uh, yeah, so, I, I, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know what Patrick Liney wants. I mean, I feel like playing for a Canadian team, I feel like that's always a luxury. I know, you know, Winnipeg's a little bit more of a small market, but like, I mean, uh, obviously me, you were Justin, we would, if we ever had the chance to play in the NHL, great. But like, if we ever had a chance to play for a Canadian team and like, and like, you know, just the atmosphere and like the fans and all of that. It's just like, I don't know, like that, 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 that team's been a team that I feel like is, is just so close to being on the brink of, of, of being a real contender in the Western conference. Um, you know, obviously with Buffalo leaving, you know, that hurt them on defense like a lot, but Kevin Shovel day off has made some unreal moves, I think for Winnipeg. And, and you know what? I, I like this move. I think Dubois, he, he kind of feels at home in this. I, I Obviously, it's not, you know, the Montreal Canadiens kind of, you know, what everybody was hoping for, I, I, at least as far as, you know, Habs fans go. But uh, I think this is going to work out real good. Um, I, I don't get the Columbus thing. I like, I mean, they've lost Bobrovsky, Perrinen, now Dubois. They lost Rick Nash a couple, you know, years before that. And, they just have a hard time, you know, seeming to keep, you know, their their superstars in the organization. It's unfortunate because, like, you know, that team always seems to get, you know, a couple good players. And, you know what, might just miss out on the playoffs here and there. And then, like, they get a good team and go on a bit of a run. So, it's unfortunate what's happening in Columbus. I mean, I don't know what Patrick Liney's going to do. Um, if, you, if you're going to ask me, like, as a betting man, what, like, is he going to re-sign him in Columbus? I think that depends on a lot on his success this year, but he's a free agent, right? Like he, 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 like he, he's on an RFA. He, like he, he, he can go to anybody that he wants after this year. So I think the Jets win this trade. I think the Jets have a good enough team to kind of, you know, the is going to end up, you know, liking, you know, playing on that team. Um, Paul Maurice, 
I mean, um, a, a fun fact about Paul Maurice, which I just seen on a Sportsnet or TSN, he has coached the fourth most games as a coach in the NHL, believe it or not behind like Barry Trott, Scotty Bowman, somebody else, and then like Al Arbor's behind him. But Sault Ste. Marie's own, proud of Sault Ste. Marie, Paul Maurice has coached the fourth most games as a coach in NHL history, which is crazy. But if we think about it, he coached Carolina back in like, you know, the early 2000s. So he's been doing it for a while. So yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big Winnipeg fan. I think, you know, if you're going to ask me at the end of the day, who won, won the straight, I, 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 I think Winnipeg for sure. I think Rosalbeck was, you know, a, a guy that was is a good hockey player, and you know what, he might turn out, you know, better than they wanted, uh, better than a guy that they want to let go. But I also think with the depth that they have at center, like you said, Dave, with you know Stashny, Shifley, and now Dubois, and they can move a couple centers maybe to the wing, which also just helps your team out in the faceoff circle when a guy gets booted out. So yeah, I'm. Uh, the ball all the way, uh, Winnipeg all the way. Um, I just watched him, you know, kick Edmonton's ass last night. So, yeah, I have nothing but nice things to say about the Winnipeg Jets right now and the management and the coaching that they have there. So, so the big thing is, though, too, and there's only one thing with that name that I was looking at, this is as per puckmedia.com, that the expiry status for Patrick Liney is still RFA this year. He's a UFA in 2023. So Columbus still holds his rights until 2023. So that that is where I think the advantage is. Also with Pierre-Luc Dubois, he's also the same way. He's a UFA year of 2023. So that is what's going to be interesting, where you brought the point about Patrick Liney playing and see how the success is in Columbus will determine if he'll stay or not. That's why his contract's going to be very interesting when it comes to resigning because he's an RFA after the season. If the success is there, if he's going to cause an issue or want to trade, if he's going to resign for two years until his UFA year, then just walk. That's what Columbus has to watch. If you're going to resign Patrick Laine, you better sign him for a handful of years. If he says, no, I want to, then you know the guy wants to walk at the end of his RFA term and leave at UFA. You've got to be very cautious all right, if you're from a management perspective in Columbus, where I think in Winnipeg, they, they'll have a little bit of the edge in terms of resign him long term because of the market that he is in. Now, interesting stuff. I, I really think it's going to be very, as I mentioned, interesting what they do with both teams. It's so amazing that this trade was done and it was so rushed of sorts because of the way Luke Pierre-Luc Dubois played. So we never really talked about it on the show to an extent and we wanted to get that extra coverage to bring it up. But going to go over to Justin next, Justin, for your topic, uh, and then we'll go to me for the last topic that we'll bring forward for the show here tonight. You first, my friend. All right. Well, uh, I hope I'm not uh, snagging your topic here, but, I mean, it's uh, maybe a small moment. I mean, I got, I got into it a little bit. Not got into it. Blake and uh, Blake Winter and I were having a discussion on Facebook the other oh, night. This. I love this. About uh, just like how the NHL doesn't really protect goalies. I mean, obviously, it's a hot topic this week with the uh, Jack Campbell situation. And who's uh, the other guy? Is a familiar familiar guy? Is he not? You know. Yeah. Is yeah. if if the NHL had a sue today police beat, he's he'd be like the number one reoffender. That's for sure. <laughs> A little bit of love to them. A little bit of love to that company here locally. It's yeah, like that's, that's, <laughs> uh, like everybody knows what I'm talking about. Like It's kind of ridiculous. Like, the NHL didn't say anything about it. And I absolutely loved 
love, love, loved at the end of the game last night when Muzzin just chipped the puck at him and he had a little hissy fit. <laughs> like, just a meltdown. Like, what did Mark Giordano do that you had to slam the door on him? And then rip the Gatorade bottles off the wall. And throw the hand sanitizer everywhere. People got to wash their fucking hands. Like, <laughs> people are killing for those hand sanitizers, man. We need those. Like, but like you're gonna you're gonna after the the first game you're gonna say oh people are always accusing me of this play the tough guy role my parents are tired of hearing about this my parents are tired of asking these They're... questions well maybe your parents are tired of it because you're a fucking idiot <laughs> like is that is that not also an option maybe you're not the victim maybe you should just own the fact that you're being a, a kind of a donkey sometimes is it literally a donkey now you know what uh, to answer your question Justin no. The NHL is not protecting their goaltenders. I'll flat oh, out. They're not. It's frustrating. And like, given the situation we have here in, with the Canadian teams, like it's it's easier to order something on you know from China right now than it is to get a goalie in the country. <laughs> it is. Look, the Oilers know that better. I don't know why. I don't know where the Oilers were when Aaron Dell hit waivers on Toronto. Okay, I don't know. I don't know if they didn't have the rights first. Maybe they didn't. I'm not. I don't I, know. I, Ahead. I don't I don't want to talk about that, but I will talk about Matthew Gunchuk. <laughs> Scumbag that he is. Last year in the playoffs, when he literally tried to tear Mark Scheifele's Achilles going into the boards, and you're gonna tell me that he did that on accident. And like this is worse. Like that side angle of him coming down on Campbell, like you would have think like Dave, me and you like we like, you know, we've all played hockey, we know hockey, like that is such an awkward way to come down. Like, even if he got tripped, you wouldn't just go knee down, like, on a goalie's head like that. Like, you can see him, like, literally propel himself to come up and then down on his head. Like, it, it's like he's a scumbag. I can't wait till the Oilers play them. I mean, we need to win a couple games to get a little bit of mojo going. But, like, I would love nothing more than to, like, see Cassie and beat the shit out of him again. I hate him. I hate him. And he's doing his job. But, like, I, I would say out of all the shit that he's done against the Oilers, that was the worst thing that I've seen him do so far. That was so fucking intentional. It, it's crazy. It's crazy. And for him to come out and, like, bring his parents into it and be like, oh, like, my parents, you know, go on social media. And then, like, they get so mad when they see, like, people, like, call me out for this stuff. I'm like, why are you always the same guy? The same guy that's always in the media? For doing the same shit. Like, that's saying, like, Rafi Torres never meant to, like, kill somebody when he hit somebody. Like, Rafi Torres, like, fucked people up because he wanted to murder them. He wanted to take them out of the game. The <laughs> Matthew Gachuk, same kind of kill. Like, I, 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 I like, oh, I mean, he See? needs another beating. He needs another beating. Like, that's not okay. Like, like, if, if I was a guy, like, I had any respect for the NHL and the game, like, I would go out of my way not to knee that goal in the head. Like, you could have put your body in so many different positions to not do what you did directly to the back of a goalie's head. Which, like, you know what? It's one thing. It's like, you know, maybe, you know, knocking the wind out of him a little bit. But, like, maybe he gets a concussion. Maybe that concussion leads to more concussions. Like, don't fucking target a guy's head like that. And, like, I mean, I don't believe the guy at all. He's a clown. He's a clown. He's a great hockey player. He's, like, the, the best version of Sean Avery possible. But, like, my God. He, like, I, like, I do not believe him for one second. I have seen him 
watching Oilers games and just following that, you know, that division too many times and seeing the highlights and all the shit that he's done to believe that this was an accident. It's disgusting. I mean, if that guy doesn't get a, like, if he does not get a 20 game suspension eventually in his career because he's too much of a quality hockey player, like he's not like a John Scott or like a Rafi Torres or, you know, all these guys that have got these crazy suspensions before because they're just irrelevant to their teams. Like he's so like relevant to his team. It's like he can do something that is just as bad as a goon would do. And he's going to suffer way less consequences for it. It's like, I don't know. I, I don't believe him for a second. That's my, that's my point on that. See, here's the thing, Justin. And before I go to you, so I can give you a bit more light with uh, your topic is, that my example is, and it's kind of an awful one because men's league compared to the NHL is not even, it's a, it's hilarious, the comparison, right? But I, I'm going to use this example because you brought up a good point, Dane, where you said that we played hockey and you, you, you understand what's intentional uh, and what's not. And let me give you a little quick story. I was recently playing a men's league game before this locker was in effect. And it was a game where myself, when I was playing, I was in front three times. Okay, I was in front of the net. And I actually fell three times. And the reason why I fell is not because I can't stand on my skates. Well, I still think I can. But there's one time where I actually lost an edge. There's one time where the goalie jumped out and the second time where the goalie poke checked. But the way I fell, I fell backwards each time. And you can tell because my legs went straight up and myself, I mean, back issues, I was concerned each time. But I landed on the goalie's back three separate times. And when you fall and you have control, when you fall, you're not swinging your arms. You're not leaning away. You're just going flat body weight. You're going down on the ground. Okay. And the third time when it happened, one of the players uh, came up and said, okay, Kegger, this, this is obviously intentional. It's the third time you fell. And I remember getting up and the guy's a little shorter than I am. And I just shook it off and laughed because I wasn't intentional. Okay. But everything that Matthew Kachuk does, it seems like he says it's an accident. It is intentional. And what I'm saying with my example is when I got up and you get chirped, you take the chirps, they're men's league. It was an accident. You know that I didn't mean to jump on top of a goaltender. And when people chirp, so, oh, that's intentional. You get up and you laugh about it. Hopefully the goalie's okay. And you skate on because, you know, someone who's played competitive hockey, you know when things are intentional and aren't. And let me tell you, there's stuff that I've done that's been intentional. I've hit someone from behind intentionally. I've shot a puck at a ref's foot before. I- I've done it all. You know what you're doing. When you're as a hockey player and you're in the moment when you fall a certain way, I know if you fall on a goalie going one way and you lean towards one side more, you're going to get their leg or their hip or their lower back or even their head. If you fall on them and you're cause that you cause a scrum, the defense don't know what they're doing, right? Because as soon as you see you jump on the on the goalie, they're jumping in there, right? Usually, and I'm talking more of the minor league levels of sorts, professional hockey, that the smartness to it where they grab you and pull you off, then beat the living snot out of you. But the reason why I bring up that example was that when I did, it was an actual accident because I fell and got I got tripped twice and lost my footing once because I I'm, I I'm, I can't stand on my feet as much as I, as I used to I guess okay that's just pure honesty where Kachuk when he sits there in a press conference crying to dad crying about this saying how he gets bitch and men then stop being the center of attention to all this bullshit that goes on and maybe play the game and be an agitator that people respect. Okay, people can respect someone who grinds hard and gets the job done as a true power forward. Okay, somebody who's going to do these cheap shots, what Jake Muzzin did, I fucking love it. I love it. And the best part of it is it was Jake Muzzin. Okay, I remember sitting across Muzzin having breakfast with him after hockey training. And there's a guy that I know flicked the puck at Kachuk. And let me tell you, I think Jake Muzzin would take care of Matt Kachuk. 
I'm not going to lie. I think if there was a fight, I think Muzzin's got that tilly. Okay? And it is hilarious, the crybabiness you see out of Kachuk because of that immaturity in him. And, I, you know, if he ever gets wind of me saying this for whatever may reason, he might come kick down my door or he might throw a skate at my Achilles tendon. I don't know what he would do. But my whole point of Matt Kachuk is that all the shit that he does is intentional. And it seems like it is. And if it isn't, imagine there's stuff that he has done that isn't. But this one with Jack Campbell, I'd be very surprised if the the fall wasn't, okay, a little bit lean towards the favor of him wanting to do it. That's my point example. Justin, final points on your topic. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, everyone's pretty well, I think we're all on the same page here on this one. I mean, it's just, it's frustrating because you, I mean, I, we grew up with hockey and, you know, you had, it wasn't really agitators. You had guys that just go out there and kick shit out of people. I mean, like Scott Stevens didn't mess around. You know, you had the days of Ty Domi and then the Colton Norris, the Fraser McLarens. And like, those guys were tough. They'd shit talk. You know, and what are you going to do about it? You're not going to do anything because they're going to punch you with a cinder block. Now, like, this is what we got. You know, wonder people are saying we got to get fighting out of the game because no one wants to watch fucking MTV. No one wants to watch these little bitches cry afterwards. Like, oh, I uh, I decided to friggin' Randy Savage elbow drop the goalie in the net, and they called me out on it, and I really didn't like it, and it hurt my feelings. And now my mom is going to call me about it, and I don't like that either. And my dad's so, going to call the principal. My dad's going to call the principal. Well, that's it. My dad's going to call the NHL principal and tell him that he doesn't like this and that I shouldn't be crying on TV. It's embarrassing. Well, maybe don't be embarrassed. I don't know. I'm just I, – maybe I'm a little heated about it, but we kind of I, I feel, I, I feel the way I feel. That's the way it is. He's, he's being an annoying little bitch. Muzz exposed him, and the world got to see him have a – cry little hissy fit i bet you he's got so many holes in the wall in his apartment <laughs> so but the main topic point of this was was that you were saying if the nhl protects their goals right oh yeah no that's and i mean we this is a prime example kachuk, but we went towards kachuk and we vented about kachuk because that's the whole reason why that topic was brought up is because of kachuk right but i think it's a fair enough point to say going around the table that the nhl does not and repeat and I'm not saying this as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. Take my whole set off here for a second. Anderson has been ran a lot the last couple of years. I mean ran by – ran into at full speed a lot of the times. You can look at the video. I don't I don't remember the count, but I remember looking at it last year. There was about 11 times or so in the last two and a half years. And I mean two and a half because of this COVID shutdown earlier last year that Anderson was ran into the net and has had numerous concussion issues. Okay? So I've seen it firsthand from a Toronto standpoint. All right. Well, I mean, you see Price blockering people three, four times a season. Yeah, and I don't, and I remember. Imagine there's something with Dane that still scars him to this day. What happened with Andrew Ladd and Dwayne Rolston? Did he not hit him from behind the net, or am I am I missing that? Did I? That's about 2006, or yeah, 2006. So it might be a little bit ago. But what happened to Dwayne Rolston when Andrew Ladd hit him at that yeah, point? I thought, he got taken down, driving to the net, and he didn't exactly get out of the way. And then Dwayne pulled his groin, and then yeah, we know the rest of the story there. I don't, I don't like to talk about it. They though. haven't been, they haven't really like maybe at that point it's not as severe as someone getting ran, but goalies aren't protected in general, and they haven't been for quite some time. I, I, I would say like, like as much as I hate Andrew Ladd and like that <laughs> situation, I feel like he definitely could have done more to get out of the way. But like you also have to respect the fact that like you know Stanley Cup Finals, man, you you, you got to do what it takes to win, and like I don't know if he. Potentially 
you know, went into the goalie to try to hurt him or try to get a goal, like whatever. Um, it is what it is. But uh, I, 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 I agree with you. I think obviously, um, I mean, maybe, maybe the numbers don't add up in the sense that there's enough actual goalie injuries for them to, you know, actually change the rules on stuff like that. But like, Again, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you on the Matthew Kachuk thing. I thought that was absolutely fucking brutal. Um, but that being said, like, I, I think the NHL tries to do their best at, you know, protecting their superstars and, and their, you know, their star goalies. And, you know, what shit happens. I, 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 I mean, it's, it's a hard thing, right? Like, what, do you, what, what kind of different rule are you going to implement in the league that's going to really, you know, protect the goalies that much more like you're going to like nobody can be in the crease again kind of thing so uh, is i just think obviously what like with plays like you know with what happened with kachak they have to review those more and like the fact that he's not being suspended for that i think is it's criminal it's criminal and like i don't i don't i don't care what lawyer he had or what his agent said when he had his hearing or like if he even had a hearing, I, I'm not the even thing was worse. Basic, but it's, I think it's, the Shifley yeah. thing was worse. The Shifley thing was worse. And, he, and that, that's... No, like, like, well, but, like, there's no way, like, he just lifts up yeah. his skate <laughs> eight inches off the ground and then drives into the back of the guy. Like, nobody's ever done that. Like, <laughs> I don't have years of hockey you play. Nobody just goes up in the corner and lifts their skate up. Oh, eight that's inches off do. the ground to drive it in their Achilles. Like... Oh, he's a scumbag and he does it on purpose. And the fact that he even pretends and he go and he brings his parents into it. I, I, I fucking hate him. I hate him. I hate him. And like, I mean, he's doing his job because I'm an Oilers fan and I hate him, but like, I, like, I, 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 I hate him even more for what he did to Jack Campbell. Cause I think, and, and Mark Shifley, a guy that I've already talked about tonight that like, I, I think is the ultimate hockey player. I love Mark Shifley. Love, love, love Mark Shifley. Like, guys unreal and like what he did to him last year like i mean that's a play like man you really tear that guy's achilles like that's something like that might take more than a year to heal like i, I you know we've all seen troy you know remember what happened to brad pitt when he got that he got that arrow on the achilles there he, he was he was done so after that so that's how you killed him but no yeah. kill him, it's, it's been good obviously discussion fellas back and forth like two news bits that i want to get to going to our last point to wrap up the show. And of course, one of them being happy belated 60th birthday to the great one. Of course, as I sit here inside Jim studios, we got, I got a, a couple pictures of Wayne Gretzky. One of them signed to myself, uh, pretty decent, you know, and throwing that job out there. People who may not have an autograph from Wayne Gretzky, uh, just me being cocky. I apologize. Uh, but overall, happy birthday to the absolute great one. Okay. I want to get that out there. And another thing that I wanted to say, of course, is now, of course, Jim Weatherford has taken a leave of absence from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, you know, th- Jim Rutherford has been a guy who's known to really buy into, of course, the Pittsburgh plan, always trying to win, which was news that was broke on uh, Wednesday, January 27th, of course, with the, the step the step down resigning of Jim Rutherford. Now, the the topic that I really wanted to get into, of course, and this has kind of been discussed on the show a long time ago, not really with us, actually. It's been a more the live radio content. But if you compare hockey today to the previous day, and I'm not talking about talent – I'm talking about traits, and when when I'm talking about traits, the one thing that I want to bring up is we're a perfect transition from Kachuk being a crybaby to players being a crybaby, and what I mean by that is requesting traits. 
All right. Now, not every request to trade is a crybaby situation. Obviously, there's family reasons. I remember Travis Hamannick, who wanted out of Long Island uh, to go to a Canadian team because I was closer to where his family was and ultimately uh, got dealt to uh, Calgary with that deal. So, you know, that you get closer to your family or there's sometimes personal reasons. So I'm excluding those predicaments. Am I putting pure Luke Dubois in the situation? That's why maybe that would this might have been my topic, might have been a better way to go second. But he obviously requested a trade because he didn't want to be a part of Columbus and his effort in Columbus was piss shit poor the last couple of games. But there's been players numerous past history that in recent history that have been requesting a trade and won out of teams. Now, I want to get your guys' take, quick brief point. I'm going to go to Justin first on what your opinion would be. And if you actually think it's true that players are requesting trades more now, if they feel more entitled now. And basically, like I said at the top there, if it's true that more trades are just happening in general now because players are trying to pick where they want to play. Well, I mean, I think you see it happen a lot in other sports leagues. And if players kind of force their way out of town or they want to play somewhere else. And, and you see, once you see it happen in one league and then it happens again in another league and then it happens in another league, you kind of think, well, why can't I do it in the NHL? And to, to, to the players' end of it, like, if you're not happy, you're not happy. So it's it's in the team's best interest to kind of maximize, okay, well, if he's not going to be good here, we might as well get rid of him. He might be good somewhere else. And as a player, if you get moved on to somewhere else, you can probably maximize your value again if it works out. I mean, we've seen cases where players have gone somewhere and been a complete lame duck, but we've also had plenty of them that have worked out. And they have, and when they do work out, it it's a it seems like it was a great move. But at the end of the day, you still have a guy who wanted out of where he played. Like long gone are the days of Stevie Eisman, who starts and ends with the Red Wings. Or uh, you know, Matt Sundin was loyal. Yeah, he got traded from uh, Quebec over to, uh, of course, Toronto. But once he got his feet landed in Toronto, he didn't leave Toronto, and uh, he actually refused leaving to betterment the team in the future, which people are so sour about in Toronto. But they shouldn't be because. Matt Sundin was loyal to that team. Then, of course, when he came to free agency, he wanted to go try to win a cup. Toronto wasn't. It was a mutual agreement to leave. He never requested out of there. And he never went into Storm into Paquin's office, Fletcher's office, Ferguson, <laughs> joke, uh, or anyone's office to say, hey, I want out of here. All right. You don't have Crosby, who's actually who we should see retire as a Penguin, I'd imagine. I can't see him getting dealt, but crazy things have happened. You know, there's a guy who's been loyal to that Pittsburgh. All right. Even Evgeny Malkin has been loyal to Pittsburgh in terms of staying there and not demanding a trade out of there. There's been rumors where there was at one point where he was going to get dealt, but never ultimately happened. Okay. And McDavid, there's another guy who I don't think will ever be traded from Edmonton will he leave Edmonton I won't say that he won't and no I don't think he's going to Toronto or anything Dane but like well if the Oilers don't have success maybe he wouldn't stay there but he seems like the type of guy to be loyal Austin Matthews I have question marks about so my whole point is every guy that I've compared to Eisman Crosby guys that are more of the back 2010 and back areas Sundin those are guys that stayed loyal to the to their colors Joe Sackick like I can go on with numerous guys right Mike Madano in Dallas like there's before he went over to Detroit they're spending a good majority if not all their careers with one team now players are like ah I can't I'm only gonna sign a short-term deal hit UFA and I want to go sign to Florida I want to go sign in Tampa Arizona because that's my hometown or wherever it may be or look at John Tavares he left Long Island and he wanted to go home to Toronto. I think you're going to start seeing a lot of players that want to go home to where they are to play. Okay. And also they're starting to 
get different tastes of markets because they don't want to stay home in one place. But I kind of given my mark, my whole background to it with intertwining with Justin. I think players are feel that they're a bit more entitled right now, and it's unfortunate because I do miss that old pipe loyalty to an organization. Dane, I want you to end the topic, which will ultimately lead to the conclusion of the show. So, give us what you think. I think when it comes to like the Dubois thing, um, I think it probably goes a little bit deeper than him. Uh, it, it's hard, right? Because like I, I feel like Columbus has had success. He obviously, you know what. I, I think he played a big part in beating the Leafs last year in the playoffs. Um, the year before that, they beat Tampa Bay. So, like, it, it, it's a weird situation, right? It's a young player that I feel like they've they put a lot of time and energy into developing the player. Um, and, and he's had success there, and I think the team's had success. So, I mean, I'm not going to speculate as to why he wanted to leave. But, yeah, I agree with you. I feel like you know what some players um are are willing to move teams based off of a smaller sample size of you know kind of the culture that they've seen within that organization right so um i mean patrick liney and dubois are two per like i mean and like two teams that haven't like you know they're not like missing the playoffs every year they've been two teams i mean winnipeg went to the conference finals a couple years ago against vegas's you know, inaugural season, and I mean, you know, haven't had quite the same success then, but I mean, team that's looking good, really, like, you know, really good right now, and has some good pieces, and I mean, Columbus is always competitive, I think they're well coached, I mean, I don't know if this is like a Tortorella, Dubois thing, I mean, if the guy can't handle... I mean, I, I think the thing about Tortorella, like you're gonna think he's been a little bit more lenient in his, in his coaching, and how he, you know, approaches players... You know, in an aggressive manner, um, you know, like, you know, calling them out in front of the team. I, I, I think he's a little bit, you know, he, he's not like I would say he's a little bit different than his Tampa days when he's calling out his his goalies for the what was it, the, the 75 percent rule for only, you know, having a safe percentage of, you know, 75 percent. But anyways, yeah. So I, I just. Yeah, I I, obviously, I I feel like you look at Toronto and, and I feel like, you know, Mitchie and, and, and Nylander kind of, you know, took took management. You know, they, they kind of took advantage of them a little bit. I, I, I mean, like to say, is Mitch Marner overpaid? Like, we'll see how he, you know, what, what kind of numbers he puts up in his next season. We'll see the success that the Toronto Maple Leafs have the next season. But, like, I mean... If the Toronto doesn't win a Stanley Cup, and the same thing goes for Edmonton. Like, I mean, I don't think Connor McDavid is overpaid. I don't think Leon Draisaitl is overpaid. But you can definitely look at Toronto and definitely other teams that have overpaid players. And it's and at the end of the day, it's like a contract. You can't really comment on a contract until it's like you know fulfilled, right? Like, I mean, you can you can you know be shit for your first four years of a seven year contract, but if you win two Stanley Cups at the end, it's not, it's not, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Right. So I think, you know, both players were looking for a fresh start. Um, they got it. I mean, you know, we see all the memes, you know, moving from, you know, Ohio to, to Manitoba, which is like, you know, really, I mean, people perceive that as not a, a big difference in, 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 you know, what, what the cities are all about or the area is all about, but I, yeah, I, I agree with you, Dave. I, I feel like people are a little bit more entitled in the NHL. Um, I, I, I feel like players have a little bit more leverage when it comes to, 
it's a young man's game, Dave. Like and Justin, like you like you like all the best players in the league, you know, they're not they're not 30. It's not like Malkin and, and, and Crosby and Ovi. They're they're still really, really good players. Like, don't get me wrong, and they're still some of the top players in the NHL, but they're not the best anymore. They're not the best. They're not the best, like, you know, Gretzky and, and Lemieux were, you know, you know, plus 30. It, 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 it's it, players that are from the ages of, you know, 18 to 30 are dominating the league right now. We're looking at it. All the best players are in that age, age range. So, I mean, after you, like, if you have a good three years out of your edge league contract and you get a little bit of leverage, I mean, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Somebody's going to sign you, right? Like, it's not... It, it, it's not like you, you you have to earn that loyalty within the NHL. And, like, guys are starting in the league, like, like back in the day in the 90s even. Like, it took you, like, till you're 22 years old to even crack a lineup in the NHL. And, I mean, you're looking, like, look at the auto senators. I mean, Tim Stutzel had an unbelievable world junior. And I think he's wild. Like, I love Tim Stutzel. I think he's going to be a great NHL player. But, like, did he, I mean, make a team based off of, like, lack of, organizational depth currently and a team that is rebuilding and a team that you know what ah we have a roster spot for a guy that just lit up the world juniors why not and like that's kind of how you earn your credibility these days and it's not you don't earn your credibility you know based off of your time with a team anymore it's like you almost like you do like you definitely do but like if you're a high profile like profile prospect you're you're getting your credibility based off of you know, your time um, before you were even drafted or like, you know, that world junior, like we've seen it so many times, like guys just shoot up in, in the draft just uh, off of how they do in the world juniors. So I, I, I think like it, 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 you have to kind of maybe blame it on management in the NHL in the sense that they, they, they've given the players a little bit more leverage. And, and I mean, like, like, I mean, Dubois, young player, Liney, young player, they, they both, had demands they weren't happy in the position that they were in and and essentially both got what they want like i don't know if patrick line is happy going to columbus like i mean that that team is like everybody that sticks there buys in and loves it so i mean i i hopefully he finds a spot there maybe resigns um dubois i mean i i'm hoping he's happy to be back in canada like i said I, i've you know stroked off the jets enough tonight and they're not even my team um but yeah, that's like kind of my point on the situation. I just, I, I just think like younger players have a little bit more leverage, and we've we've seen it so many times in the last, within the last five years. And yeah, I mean, look at Justin, you know, Dave. Look at your guys' team. Like, I mean, I, I, I think you know what in a in an ideal situation, and maybe if you have, you know, Lou still, you know, running the team in Toronto instead of Dubas, and I mean, that's going to be a debate and a question for you know the rest of time, mm-hmm. but. You know, could they have got a little bit of, uh, you know, saved a little bit of money on those contracts? Who knows? You know, did they take advantage of a young, you know, inexperienced GM that I, I think has a very bright future in the NHL? But, yeah, so this is kind of my, you know, what I think about this situation. So, I mean, blame it a little bit on the NHL and the management. You know, it's not the players. You can't get hard on the players all the time because, you know, they want what's best. And you also have to, you know, realize they have their agent in their ear all the time. So it's a business and, you know, money plays a big part in it. So, yeah. You know what, Dane, you know what, there's one thing, all the things you said, there were great, great examples. There's one thing you and I have a lot in common is that we don't ever are never short for airtime. 
Yeah, sorry, no. I, <laughs> I'm not a big one there. <laughs> that was good. That was about a six and a half minute com- uh, let out, and I love it. That that is totally fine. That might be a game sports show record. Right I don't think I can ever fucking top that. That might have to be our I heading. Think I think I had some valid points in there. <laughs> you know what? And you know what? Justin and I get a, get different shows in a week because of football and these different shows. So it's good to hear your voice come through everything. But Justin, I want to. Dave, I haven't had my airtime. You know, I have to. I have to- <laughs> my voice. Hey, I'm, sorry, the, I'm sorry for filling up all the airtime. You're one of the biggest uh, uploads today with Darren McCarty, so uh, your voice is on there. Cool. Well. So, of course. But Justin, I want to give it give it to you a little bit if you want to give the floor and any final topics where we wrap up. I know we uh, we were planning to be under an hour, just uh, we're just over an hour right now, but we got a couple more minutes we can uh, give to you if you want to bring up any additional points or if you're okay with myself getting to the wrap up, my friend. I'm uh I think I'm okay. I mean, just going through my list here, checking it twice. Um, Past that, I re- time, no. <laughs> I I, re- I really just wanted to get the Matthew Chuck thing off my chest, and uh, I think we did that. Yo, it, was like a good, it was a good healing session here, getting that out. And yeah, I've been carrying that around most of the week, and it, uh, it's bad mojo. So l- let me let me throw this out right now to you, Justin. Okay, we're sitting in, and we're at a point in the season. Okay. Uh, obviously, it's been a rough week for yourself. I won't jump into other sports and topics, uh, much like myself as well in, in terms of other sports. But uh, there's obviously in the terms of the Canadian Hockey League, and I go to you first, and I mean by the Canadian Hockey League, my apologies, the Canadian division. I want you to say one word answer to this. Did the NHL do it right? Yes or no? 100%. Dane, that's, what do you think? That's a yes. Absolutely. 100%. That's a clean fuck yeah from around the table from myself. They said 100% yes, I had to go with the fuck yeah, or should I say booyah. But I usually save that for the end. I may have cursed something, but that's totally fine. Fellas, we have been talking here on Top Shelf. We've only had that one commercial breaker on the show. I want to make sure we get all the content put into this edition as we could. We had numerous topics that we got to. Hopefully you enjoyed these topics. If any topics that you want to hear from yours truly, or in terms of any of this show or any other shows, make sure that you definitely let us know and comment below here and of course don't hesitate to like follow and subscribe on North Superior Brewing Company on their social media pages website they have a lot of options available and their beer is delicious and even if you're able to go by there when the time is right of course you can also have conversations with their brewmaster maybe like Blake Winter like Justin did through, through text message so it's obviously a great conversation piece Justin that you brought forward Dane bring forward a great conversation myself I feel uh, at the beginning of the show and of course uh, with players feeling entitled and Dane, Justin, you took the time to join me here tonight. Going to go over you first, Justin, to say thank you for taking the time. You and I will have an in-the-pocket edition. It's going to be a little sporadic. We do not plan to record this week. We we would we were thinking Sunday, so it's going to be more towards next week. But we might do two more in the pockets, or there might be one more big show after having a little bit of discussion uh, with you. <coughs> today and also now talking to you and Jamie that it seems like we're going to have that one more big show potentially to be the Super Bowl preview show and then we'll have a post show after the Super Bowl of course but obviously having this break in between we will not I we not we may not hear your voice on the radio streams at least until we do that recording or there might be another hockey recording that's going to be coming up next week but of course thank you for taking the time to join yours truly and the listeners on this edition of Top Shelf
Oh, no problem. You know, uh, I always like to come on and rant. I've always got something to bitch about, so uh, I'm more than happy to show up. Love that. Dane, I'm more than happy to always hear your voice. You talk. Always got a lot to say, a lot of great points from yourself tonight. I know we don't have the video on, but I will say if we did have video on, you're probably still wearing that Euler jersey. Uh, right now, I think it's a McDavid or an Everly jersey. I'm not too sure what it is to the top of my head. Uh, but overall, we appreciate you uh, coming on the show here tonight, my friend. Yeah, it's a it's a Connor jersey. Um, <laughs> yeah, appreciate it, man. It was uh, good to get back and uh, talking with you boys. I, I miss you both dearly. Um, and <laughs> hoping to see you guys in the flesh uh, eventually here. Eventually, when time gets back to normality. And of course, as we upload the show for Top Shelf, I got to give kudos again to Justin, as he is the one who come up with the name. And we're flying with it. We love it. Top Shelf presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company, where Northern Superior, they are superior and it's a northern thing. We've got more uploads coming up this week. It's been David McCaig bringing you this edition of the Game Sports Show, powered by Gem. We'll be back with more content with Gem and the Game Sports Show this week. Got EJ's hot seats coming up on the show in terms of uploads. We got the special edition upload, the Little Caesars special edition upload. That will be coming this week. I still am not teasing who that is. You'll have to wait and see. Keep an eye on our uploads for that. And, of course, don't forget Monday coming up, we have ESPN 1400 edition. And in between all that, or even right after that, we have In the Pocket. So loads of uploads. Keep it locked on your favorite sports podcast, The Game Sports Show. Getting to our conclusion here, keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, join your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.